there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Hope you all had a fantastic holiday. Uh, when this comes out, it's going to be on New Year's Day. So mm-hmm. happy New Year's. But I want to start off by asking Emilio, how are you doing? I'm um, doing good. I didn't spiral as much as I thought I would during the holidays, which is nice. Minimal spiraling. <laughs> yeah. Very, very small spirals here and there. But yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah. That's about it. Oh, I just got some some new, I just bought a bunch of new shit for my motorcycle. So it's looking a little cooler now. Um, I'm also high, really, really in debt right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the bike looks cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to do that. New year, new you, right? Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, like, are you one for New Year's resolutions? Do you do anything like that? You know, I, I used to be. I would set a resolution for myself and I would stick to it for the most part. Like, I would say, like, I stick to goals or resolutions fairly well. I want to say they last like a few months. And then after a few months, I'm kind of like, ah, well, I can like let loose a little bit and then I just completely forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm of the thought of like, if you just want to do something, just do it. You don't have to wait until the new year's. I understand that the new year's is a time where people feel like it's a new beginning, but I'm like, I've I've never done that shit. I do want to give a shout out to my oldest brother. Um, He had a new year's resolution one year where he decided he's going to learn how to use chopsticks finally and he fucking did it. He learned how to use chopsticks, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> but w um, in the chat, big W. Um, have you ever <laughs> like stuck to a New Year's resolution and actually like executed it? I think the only one that I really stuck to was, uh, I think I was like sixteen, maybe, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna run like almost every day, and I did. I did that for a few years just ran very consistently and now I hardly run now and my cardio is shit. <laughs> so I guess that could be a new new year's resolution. Man, I just renewed my uh, membership to the Y. I go to the YMCA and I ran a mile for the first time and like I can't I don't know how long, but like it took me 13 minutes to do it and at like the height of my cardio, it took me like maybe 8 or seven on a good day and I just felt like such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, what can you do? It happens. Hey, we're getting older. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> just tell yourself that. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll have another beer. I don't give a shit. I'm older. <laughs> I can go to the gym on Monday. <laughs> but like speaking on cardio and uh working out. The movie we're dealing with today or looking at today is The Slaughter Rule, which revolves around football. And I just wanted to ask you, Emilio, like, uh, what is your history with sports in general? Do you like to watch sports? Did you play any sports? 
I used to play when I was a kid. I played baseball. I did do um, football one year. No, two years. And my third year, I was I, I was like a pretty overweight kid. And I just hated all the running and tackling. Like I was getting really sick of it. So I... <laughs> like my my dad was dropping me off one day at a practice and I just told him I'm not going <laughs> and I just sat in the car he's like come on you gotta go and he's like I'm not going I'm not I'm I'm done I'm done with football I'm not fucking going out there <laughs> and the coach even came to the car he's like come on man like it's like football it's fun and I just looked at him straight in the eyes like I quit I'm not doing this anymore and my uncle was in charge of the league so my <laughs> uncle like <laughs> My uncle had a talk with me, and I just told him straight up, like, I'm not doing this shit no more. And then I did baseball three years, three years after that. Nice. I mean, um, good for you being being that young and like sticking to your guns. I would like falter so easily and just be like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, I like looking back on it now. I kind of wished I didn't do that, but at the same time, I I can't even remember for the life of me like why I hated it so much. Because obviously, like, I work out now and, you know, like, run here and there. I'm, like, I try to stay, like, consistently active. And, like, looking back on, like, how I acted that day, (laughs) I think I would be in disbelief, which I'm sure my parents and my uncle and my coaches were. They're like, come on, buddy. It's not that bad. But I was just like, fuck you. I'm not going out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that... Uh, I never really played sports when I was a kid, and I love sports now. I love basketball, and I love football. Uh, More basketball, more than anything. Um, But I never really played as a kid, and I always felt like I missed out big time. And I think one thing that I missed out on was, like, discipline, for sure. I feel that people that play sports, especially growing up, they have an easier time working with others, not necessarily people they might not want to work with. And I think it took me way longer to learn that skill because I didn't play sports. Um, that being said, another big thing about playing sports, at least mostly for men, is like slapping ass. Um, did you enjoy <laughs> slapping other people's asses? Yeah, especially the bodacious uh, bubble butt dudes on the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't personally like it as a kid because, like, again, I was like, overweight so i was very very self-conscious about my body i still am to this day um but yeah like people would like slap ass or like poke my stomach and shit and i just i hate it i think i i think because of that and like just being just being like so self-conscious about it like even now i hate it like i hate maybe not like the like slap ass or like hugging or anything like that more like if people like poke me around like my stomach area or like pinch try to like pinch my my boobs or whatever i'm i like i hate it i get like mortified not really not really smacking around asses when i was little now i do that shit all the time (laughs) i was about to say but now i do it every day if you're the homie that shit's getting smacked. <laughs> For good luck. You gotta. Um, yeah, well, the movie we're dealing with today is called The Slaughter Rule, released in 20... 
oh god in 2002 sorry um and it deals a lot with uh it's a coming of age story it's a uh, uh ryan gosling's playing a young uh, teen who is playing football and discovering a lot about himself it also deals or delves into a lot of like homophobia that was rampant mm-hmm. at the time especially in like small rural areas i guess but um yeah uh, emilio do you have a synopsis ready for us yes so roy gets cut from his high school football team just days after his estranged father dies for him football is more than a proving ground it is a promised escape from his lonely rural existence enter gideon a loner living on the roughneck fringe who is looking for gamers kids who scrap hard to play on his six-man football squad. Roy joins the Renegades, and he and Gideon enter into tenuous friendship that pushes the limits of male bonding. Hmm. Yes, male bonding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're bonding all right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was telling Emilio that coming off of Song to Song and United States of Leland, that this movie was like a breath of fresh air, like... I yeah. this shit flew by so easily. It's two hours long, and the other two movies are also two hours. But this one felt the shortest. The story was all there, and um, I did like the characters a lot. Uh, in general, Emilio, what did you feel about the movie The Slaughter Roll? Yeah, I actually I didn't think I was gonna enjoy it that much, but um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised watching this movie. Like, um, I feel like with um. Leland and song to song, I would very easily get distracted or like what feel the need to like go on my phone or something or do something else. Whereas with this one, like I would kind of like almost get distracted, but then something would happen and like I would be like engaged with the movie. So this movie was definitely a way lot more engaging than the last two. So yeah, I and plus it has like the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes out of the other two. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Easy fucking call there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I liked it. It was it was actually kind of surprising. The tone and um just what they really try to like delve into in this movie. I thought it was really good. How did you rent the movie? What did you watch it on? Uh, I rented it on YouTube. Um, how much did it cost to rent? 4 bucks. Fuck yeah! I rented it on on Amazon Prime. It was five bucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I looked it up on where to find it, and it said you can only watch it on Google Play and Apple TV. And I was like, what the hell? So I just looked it up on YouTube, and yeah, you can rent it on YouTube. Very strange. It's so weird to see a movie for rent for like five bucks. Usually it's barely like two or three. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's get into the movie. So we open up on the opening credits. I want to point out that one of the production companies is called Cowboy Pictures. And that made me laugh. <laughs> but we open up <laughs> on a shot of, uh, I also wrote down $5 to rent. That's just, it's just too much. <laughs> We open up in a shot of a very young Ryan Gosling. He must have been like 20 or 21 when this movie was shot. And it's right after he did uh, The Believer. So he looks super young. Um, he's walking through a snowy area. He's guiding a horse. Uh, so we get a feel that he lives in a really like rural town. And I think this movie was shot in Great Falls, Montana, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's a very cool and scenic place like it looks so cool the shots in this movie of the town are so uh dynamic and and nice 
But um, he comes upon a deer that is caught on a fence and dying, and it's still breathing. And he touches it, and he tries to help it, like, or like the deer stands up and he backs away. And then suddenly we cut to him at football practice. Um, what did you think of this opening shot of Ryan Gosling and how he looked? Um, he definitely looks super young. Um, but also like you said, like the, I loved the setting of this movie. I'm a huge sucker for like Midwest, um, heavy, like, Greenery, forest, snow, flatland. Like, I really, really love nature like that. So just seeing all the snow uh, made me, like, really reminiscent of, like, going up to Lake Arrowhead. Like, kind of, like, reminded me of something like that. So it felt, like, a little nostalgic. And also when, yeah, when he catches the deer, or not when he catches it, but when he sees the deer, I definitely put it in my head already i was like oh like this is like a lesson or something or this is like gonna something's gonna come up later about this because um there there is like an unspoken rule where when you see like an animal suffering like you want to put it out of its misery so i feel like i i knew right away like okay like something's gonna come back to this would you kill an animal joseph (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I was about to say, like, uh, the first thing that came to mind was that I would want to help the animal, not like, I got to kill this fucking thing. <laughs> oh, that animal's well, leg's broken. Well, I guess I'm going to have to kill it. <laughs> I got to do it. What else am I going to do? The vet's too far. Fuck that. I'm um, not paying $1,000 for this random animal. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's such a true... I mean, like, we've seen it before in, like, a bunch of movies where it's, like, people come across animals that are dying and they're stuck with this dilemma of, like, should I help it? Should I just keep moving? And, yeah, so I I felt the same way when I saw that. Like, okay, we're going to tie this back eventually. So Mm -hmm. uh, from this scene, we see that Roy, uh, Ryan Gosling's character is named Roy, and he is playing football. Suddenly, uh, he is interrupted by an uncle... And this uncle tells him that his father passed away. So we cut to the funeral for his father. Uh, We are immediately met with this story that Roy is not really close to his dad. His dad kind of skipped out on him and his mom when Roy was young. And Roy's dad started an entire other family with another woman. So they're estranged. Also, I laughed because their last name is uh, Chutney. And I just thought that was oh, a yeah. kind of funny last name. So his name is Roy Chutney. Um, and then we're introduced at this funeral to Skyla. Do you want to walk us through the scene where Roy meets Skyla? Oh, I actually don't remember that scene. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought uh, they were introduced at the bar. No, oh, wait, yeah. So, no, at the diner. Yeah, no, that's after. Before uh, he first meets her at the funeral, she's actually serving drinks at the funeral. And he's like oh. working out in the back. He's doing dips on the counter. And they start to strike up a conversation, and it's obvious that like Roy kind of likes Skyla just from the first like meeting that they have. And Skyla asks him like, "Oh, do you know who the person is who passed away?" And he says, "No," at first, and then he reveals, "Actually, I do. It was my dad. He used to call me his little king or something like that." And then Skyla, like any person, was like, "Well, I don't know what to say," and she just walks out. <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> But then we cut to uh, back to the high school 
and Roy walks into the uh, locker rooms. Uh, do you want to walk us through this scene? Yeah, so they are all playing some weird game that I have never come across ever. And they're like, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to describe this game they're playing. But they're, it just has to do with their dicks. They're playing some yeah. game with their dicks. They have their hands down their pants and it looks like they're just jerking off in a circle. <laughs> and I don't know what the game is. They're just talking to each other like, I'm going to beat you or something like that. <laughs> it's very, very strange. I'm going to beat that thing off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so like this um, this weird game is going on and even uh, Roy walks into it and he's just like, what the fuck is going on here? And that's when the coach interrupts. It's funny because like they make like some or Roy makes like some kind of secondhand comment, and then the coach like immediately comes in with another comment. Um, it's really yeah, bad. Like, like they, yeah, very uh, homophobic comments. Extremely. Um, but the coach basically tells him that the as much as he loves coaching them and and he loves like the program that the JV is getting cut. So there is a list of kids that made it onto varsity. And that they should check the list outside. And if there's, he basically says, if, if you see a problem with the list, like, too bad. Like, don't come to me about anything. I don't want to hear about it. And to Roy's surprise, he is not on the varsity list. He got cut from the team. And so he goes, um, there's like some dialogue or narrative where he's uh, talking to uh the coach and he's saying like oh there must be some kind of mistake and within this we're introduced to Gideon who is played by David Morse he's in a lot of stuff he's been in a bunch of stuff um I think like the most memorable thing he's been in is like Disturbia yeah uh, that and uh the Green Mile yeah Green Mile he's one of the uh the guards in the Green Mile he's like the nicer one right out of the yeah. three. Yeah. So we're introduced to Gideon and Gideon sees that Roy isn't on this list. So he writes Roy's name down and he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to um, go talk to this kid, which I immediately was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, that was like right off the bat, the introduction to Gideon, like you just already are a little skeeved out by him. And my first thought was like, is he going to like stalk this little boy who got kicked off the team or something? And he kind of does. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause he, he's a, he's like a janitor or something, right? Like in the well, school. I, well, that's what I assumed, but then they never speak on that. He yeah. like later is revealed that he sells newspapers to people, but they never go back or mention anything like, Oh yeah, he's the janitor. And now that you're bringing it up, I, they yeah i thought he was but i don't know now <laughs> i guess that's like a huge plot hole because yeah like if if he doesn't work for the school like why is this random ass dude walking around the halls of a high school yeah he's writing down little boys names on his list and he's not santa tell you that no. much <laughs> he's giving he's not giving him a present <laughs> he wants to give he's him gi- some kind of present he's going to give him something jesus <laughs> uh so from this scene, we cut to Roy and Tracy. They're working with their dad and chopping wood. And uh, Tracy is Roy's like best friend, and he is a Native American. 
Uh, we see that Tracy's dad, Tracy has a stepdad who's a huge asshole. Mm-hmm. And uh, he starts to complain to Tracy and Roy that they're chopping the wood really crappily, uh, which causes Ryan Gosling to start screaming like a fucking crazy person. What did you think of this scene <laughs> where Roy gets pissed off and starts screaming for no good reason? <laughs> well, um, so like, I guess, uh, oh, what's uh, what's his friend's name again? Uh, Tracy. Tracy, yeah. So I guess Tracy like starts talking shit to his stepdad and they kind of get in like a little tussle. And then that's when that's like what sets off Roy. But yeah, I was just like, damn, this guy has like a lot of pent up anger or something. Cause yeah, it obviously is stemming from some type of uh, trauma or loss. Cause he lost his dad. Uh, it's also like revealed to that. The mom didn't really care for their dad either. So obviously he's dealing with like a mother who is, in and out and a father who is like pretty much absent. And then he sees like this interaction going on with, uh, damn, what's his name again? Tra- uh, Tracy, Tracy, Tracy <laughs> and his, uh, Tracy and his stepdad. So like, yeah, he lets like some anger loose, but then like the next scene, he's like drunk as shit. Yeah. We cut from this, uh, Tracy and Roy are drinking together and, uh, Tracy's like complaining about his stepdad saying how he's an asshole and Roy's moping about how his dad just died, uh, and saying stuff like, well, at least you have a dad and stuff like that. And then we <laughs> cut to a party on the fucking train tracks, which just looks like typical, like cliche bad kid shit that I, like, if I saw as a teenager, I'd be like, Whoa, that I wish I was there. <laughs> Cause like <laughs> these group of teenagers are like having a bonfire on a, an abandoned like railroad track and they're drinking and like just fucking around. But, um, do you want to walk us through this scene, Emilio? Yeah. So they're, um, they're all drinking. They're all on the football team. And I believe that Roy is the only one there that didn't make it on the varsity team. And so they're doing this, uh, ritual thing where they pass around this moonshine and they like say a few words or they drink out of this moonshine bottle. And one of the guys in the football team tells Roy like, oh, you can't drink that. Like it's it's a it's tradition. Like you're not supposed to drink. You're not on the team. And Roy is pretty much like, well, fuck you. I'm going to drink out of this thing. And he continues to drink out of it. And the guy tells him like, no, no, it's tradition. Like you can't do that. And so he throws it into the fire pit <laughs> and uh, a nice little fight ensues and this guy knocks Roy on his ass um shit Tracy (laughs) that took took a while (laughs) then Tracy breaks up this fight and then Roy's like obviously he's drunk but he's very upset and he pretty much walks away and he wakes up to uh the sound of Tracy hooking up with this chick on the back of his truck. Yeah. There's a lot of humping in this movie. I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, dirty, dirty sex in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, uh, from this, uh, Roy wakes up from his, like, drunken slumber because Tracy's, like, humping this girl. And he stumbles into a diner and he sits down and lo and behold, Gideon is there. He introduces himself to to um, Roy 
and he tells him like I forgot what he I think his opening line to him is something to the effect of like you should order the brains and eggs that's what's going to help you sober up because like Roy's visibly like drunk and um, he tells him uh, my name's Gideon Uh, my friends call me Gid so the rest of the movie he's referred to as Gid Um, and he introduces the idea of six man football to Roy he tells him I know you've been cut from the football team at your high school I run a six-man football team that is not affiliated with any high school. So the difference between this football and regular football is that in six-man, it's only six people playing at a time. So it's a lot faster. You can get hit a lot easier. It's a lot uh, more gritty. And Roy is really, uh, and he wants Roy to be his quarterback. And Roy is really hesitant. Um, Emilio, you're a teenager. <laughs> Down on your luck. Your father just passed away. You got cut from your favorite sport and a random guy named Gideon tells you, I know you and I want you to play on my team. <laughs> How would you feel about that? I'd tell him to uh, kick rocks. I don't know him. <laughs> Let me enjoy my <laughs> breakfast. I'm, I'm drunk. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, yeah, dude, I was. I even text you about this today because I, um, I, I was finishing up like the later part of the movie today. But um yeah, like I can understand that uh you know he ha- he's lost. Roy's definitely like lost in the world and he has like the one thing that he kind of really connected with taken away from him. And you know like this guy's like, "Oh yeah, like I want to start a football team." But I mean, it's probably like late at night and like some rando dude who's selling newspapers comes up to me and he's like hey i want to start a football team you look like a strapping young lad like you want to join my team i i would i would not know how to react but i would definitely wouldn't say like yes yeah it's funny because my brain i didn't think about that because i was just thinking that yeah why wouldn't he join like what else does he have to lose and there's some guy telling him like oh i know your dad he was a good player and you're a great player. You can be an even better player, so you should come play with me. Play with me? Jesus Christ. <laughs> play for me. And um, yeah, like if you're a kid down on your luck and some adult tells you like, hey, like you're amazing, you would probably feel good about yourself. So it made sense when I thought about it. But when you pointed that out, it is incredibly creepy and weird. But I mean, it's like, I'm sure it's like a small town and like it's pretty like innocent people hear about you know other people and i'm i'm assuming that if you don't have a bad reputation like then no one like actively tries to avoid you um but yeah i was so surprised that he this guy was like yeah like i want to start a football team like i want you to be my quarterback and he was like yeah sure let's do it <laughs> Yeah, and also in this scene, um, we see that Skyla is in the background. She just got dumped by some guy, and it's very obvious that Roy has a thing for Skyla. Um, And at the same time, we're also introduced to the character Floyd. Um, Floyd Mm -hmm. stumbles into the diner. He's like a, I don't know how you would categorize him, but he is a person who probably has some type of special need, and he goes up to Gideon, and he tells him, like, can you stick me? And he gives him a syringe and a bottle. And I thought it was heroin at first, but then it's, it's yeah. revealed that it's it's insulin. He is a diabetic and he needs insulin and he has trouble giving the shot to himself. So Gideon helps him out. So right off the bat, um, we see that Floyd and 
Gideon have this like codependency on each other. So Gideon's kind of an eccentric, weird person, but yeah. uh, Roy says, fuck it. And he says, yeah, I'll join your football team. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> oh, it's and very then, strange um, to break down. Sorry, yeah, go for it. Yeah, it is very strange to break down. Also, it seems like this guy knows the whole town. Because right, yeah. uh, when Skyla gets broken up with, he knows her by name. Like he calls her Sky, I think. And he's like, hey, like, are you all right? And she's like, oh, just like some normal heartbreak stuff. And he even makes a comment like normal, huh? Uh, OK. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but this is kind of where the movie title ties in because of a slaughter rule that happens in football. And it's basically if the team you're playing against is up by like 30 points, 45, 40, 45 points. It's the slaughter rule. So they have to forfeit the game. And he tells Roy that he's never had to stop a game over the slaughter rule. So that's his only, that's his only quip is that they can't lose to slaughter rule. And they have their first two games. Uh, The first game is really trash. (laughs) They don't do well at all. First, yeah, they really suck. But then by the second game, uh, you can tell like that the team is getting more coordinated and Roy's feeling like a little more confident in his role as the quarterback and they end up winning the second game. And right after oh, wait, this, I, huh? I do want to point out, I think mm-hmm. it's this. I think they win the do they lose the first game? I could have sworn that it was that in the first half they're doing horrible. And then at the second half, um, Gideon has a one-on-one talk on Roy and tells him, like, you know, your problem is, is that you don't know how to get angry, and that's what you need to do in the game. You need to learn how to get angry. And then we cut to, like, a montage of the game continuing, and we see that Roy is, like, uh, delegating to his team and telling him, telling, like, random people, like, you're going to be this person. You're going to play this role. And then they start to kick ass, and I think they win the first game. But it's just a setup, oh. like... Roy is a good, uh, he's good at playing football and he's also good at delegating. Like he's a good leader. Um, and then also we see that Gideon is kind of a fucking, like he doesn't know how to make ends meet because he is mm-hmm. living in a dingy apartment and his landlord, he also asks um, Roy like, hey, um, can you give me a ride to the game? And Roy's like, yeah, sure, no problem. But then Gideon says, well, actually, I need a ride for every game. Every can you game, do that yeah. for me? <laughs> and the landlord is talking to Gideon in the background. He's like, hey, you're laying on your rent, by the way. <laughs> so just like <laughs> all these things at once to set up that Gideon's kind of a fuck up. Yeah. And then like Gideon also mentions... Um, Oh, well, my government check comes in Tuesday. So Tuesday's like when you'll get your rent. So obviously he is not very financially stable and he is dependent on the government for money. Um, I actually, I think I confused that montage with like another different game. It and is I think confusing, I con- yeah. And I think I confused when they're talking to each other. I thought the game was over. So I was like, oh, this is the second game. Um but after this, uh, Gideon tells Roy that he sings because they just finished one of their games and he's, uh, what do you call it? Warming up his larynx because uh, he's a singer. And he tells Roy like to come down to this bar uh, and watch him uh, play. So Roy takes that invitation and he sees that Skyla is bartending at this bar. 
And well, actually, Gideon does let him know that she does work there. So that's like the tie-in for him to to try to go and see Gideon perform. And I also like I was kind of confused because I could have sworn that this guy was in high school. Yes, he and is. <laughs> he's getting served drinks in a bar. He is. And it's, uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm. Because I work in bars, and I would be like, if this kid walked into my bar, I'd be like, yo, dude, where's your ID? How old are you? <laughs> but yeah, um, um, I also want to point out that uh, Skyla is played by uh, an actor named Clea Duvall. Uh, she's worked a lot. She's been in a shitload of movies like uh, Girl Interrupted and uh, a number of TV shows as well. So she uh, she's a person I've seen um, like all over, and I think she does a pretty goddamn and amazing job in this movie playing mm-hmm. someone who is like just dying to get out of this shitty fucking town and just like achieve something more in her life. But, uh, sorry, I cut you off. Go for it. Oh no, no, you're good. Um, well, yeah, this, uh, woman who wants to achieve so much more in her life, uh, serves <laughs> an underage kid alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and they, um, she gets off her shift and say, they start, I didn't say <laughs> she was perfect. All right. <laughs> And um, she gets off her shift and she continues to hang out with Roy and they dance and Gideon is surprisingly a good singer and a great performer. Um, But in all of this, the gentleman named Floyd walks into the bar uh, and he does seem intoxicated and he interrupts their set and he begins to sing into the mic. And there is one specific line that he says that really alludes and foreshadows to like what's going to happen uh, later on down the line with the story. And it's that he s- tells Gideon like what? So like you don't hang out with me anymore. Like we're not close anymore. Like, is this your new, your new boy? Like, is this your new kid? And Gideon immediately tells him like, Hey buddy, shut why don't you shut the fuck up and get off my stage? Okay. <laughs> Hey, dude, this is my time to sing. Can you get the fuck out of here, please? Keep your fucking voice down, Floyd. I'll give you extra <laughs> insulin, you motherfucker. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so Floyd gets upset and he walks out of the bar and then Gideon goes to to get Floyd. And Skyla basically tells Roy, like, oh, like you should go help out Gideon. So Roy gets up, tries to find Floyd. And oh, uh, you, I like right before that, uh, Skyla mm-hmm. gives Roy her number. Um, oh, I yeah. do like their dynamic together. Like, I think that they're they're good together. Mm-hmm. It is just very strange because it is obvious that she's like maybe 23, 24, and he's like 17 at best. And it's very that so that's fucked up. But, yeah. um, besides that, um, so she decides to, uh, <laughs> write her number down but she writes her number on his chest using lipstick and i thought that was very interesting kind of dumb but whatever and also i want to point out that um ryan gosling's so good at dancing he's like dancing with skyla and he's doing like a pretty like not like a pretty complicated dance and he's like so good and he and even skyla has a line where she says like damn where'd you learn how to dance like that (laughs) yeah yeah they do some kind of like southern like dance routine like so a lot of like spinning a lot of spinning like in high school we used to learn those dances yeah what was like it called? a uh, square dance yeah 
Hey, well, he's in high school, so it makes sense. It makes sense. She And she's impressed <laughs> by it because she's out of high school for a while by now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you still remember all this shit? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it actually last week. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Roy ends up trying to find Floyd and he does find him and Floyd gets in the car. I guess this guy is a huge music head because there's a song, a certain song playing and he's like, oh, that's a so-and-so the year like 54. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's a good song. And I wish I can remember like what maybe you might remember the dialogue that they have with each other. But he's basically yeah. like telling him about Gideon. He starts to open up about Gideon. And so this guy Floyd tells Roy, like, I know that Gideon thinks that he takes care of me, but mm-hmm. in actuality, I take care of him. So like we're setting up this dynamic of like Gideon is eccentric. And up until this point, you think that he has his shit together. But Floyd reveals like he really doesn't, dude. So you got to be careful because I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, like you think I'm fucked up. This guy is crazy. So Roy tells him, like, well, why don't you get in my car? I'll give you a ride to to your place. And I forgot the name of his car, but he says, like, can you take me oh, to uh, my car? It's a Maybell. Maybell, yeah. He's like, can you take yeah. me to Maybell? And he's like, oh, yeah, your car? Yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, she's my car. She's my everything. And so he takes her, he takes him to, to where his car is, and his car is, like, parked uh, in the train tracks. And it's revealed that he, like, lives in this car. Um, and so... Uh, 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 Floyd is trying to give himself an insulin shot once he gets into his car and he tells Roy like oh can you do it for me I have such trouble like doing it myself and as he's about to do it Gideon shows up he appears from the darkness and tells him like oh yeah be careful like don't don't like get don't do it directly into like his bloodstream or something and so um, they start to talk uh, Roy uh, reveals that he got uh, Skyla's phone number Gideon like pats him on the back for doing that and at the same time, Floyd uh, has like a bottle of whiskey. And since he's diabetic, he really should not be fucking drinking. And Gideon scolds him. But then it's all it's all OK after that. Um, and then Roy and Gideon decide to hop on a train to go yeah. like anywhere, which I guess is just common in this small town. But I found it to be kind of weird that that's what they decided to do. <laughs> but do you want to walk us through this scene? Yeah, so they just hop on um, this train that's like passing through like the train yard. And honestly, like I am a huge, huge sucker for scenes like this where they kind of just show the setting of the film. And it's like all snow. It's like the sunrise is coming up. It's all flat land. It's all like heavy, like heavy emphasis on like the nature that's around them. I'm a sucker for that shit. I love that shit. Um, but <laughs> they even bring up Gideon even brings up that or no, no, no sorry. Uh, Roy brings up that his dad used to do the same thing. And Gideon tells him, yeah, actually, I heard like that's how your your dad hopped into town. That um, there's this theory that Roy's dad was train hopping all the time and he hopped in on this little town and then met his mother and then he ended up staying there and he was stuck there. And Roy does begin to open up to Gideon about his father a little bit. So then you can kind of see how this relationship starts to form between them, that they're very much uh, opening up to one another. One thing that happens that I thought was kind of weird is that when their train stops or when the train comes back into town, 
and they're both getting off. Um, Tracy's dad, a stepdad catches them and he looks like really distraught about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks like, what the fuck are they doing together? Yeah. Yeah. But then like nothing, like he doesn't tell, say anything. He doesn't um tell Tracy anything. And I just thought that was so weird. Yeah, later on, Tracy does allude to it, and he like mentions, like, yeah, my dad saw you together with Gideon, but yeah, in that moment, it's kind of like throwaway. Um, also, Roy opens up to Gideon, and he tells him, like, uh, yeah, so my dad killed himself, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, and he tells him, like, I don't think he killed himself. It doesn't sound like something he would do. Maybe he was just trying to hop on a train like he used to do, and he just, like, slipped or something. So, like, we see that Roy's not, like, come to terms yet that his dad like wanted to kill himself. Um, so then we cut to the next game. We see that um, Skyla and Roy are hooking up, but also during the next game, uh, Roy shows up late and the team has to forfeit because at- also Gideon did not show up. Roy right. was supposed to give him a ride over to the game, but it seems like he forgot because he was fucking around with Skyla. Um, and also they they forfeit. The other team starts chanting and then they start to play a game. Uh, I kind of don't feel comfortable saying the name anymore, but because they say it in the movie, uh, they start to play Smear the Queer, which oh, in yeah. the moment feels like, oh, yeah, that's the thing kids do. But it's just like the the things that they're alluding to in the movie, once you like come back to the scene, it's like, oh, wow, okay. Anyway, keep that in mind, <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> do you want to walk us through the scene where they're at the diner? I don't want to like ruin the story or anything. Or make anyone sound bad. But Gideon and Tracy are 17, 18 at best. And oh, uh, you mean Roy and Tracy? Oh, Roy. Yeah. Did I, what did I say? You said Gideon. Oh, Gideon wishes. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, Roy, <laughs> so Roy and Tracy are hanging out with Sky. And also, the game was forfeited because uh, Roy was hanging out with Sky. They were hooking up. Sky is older than Roy, and Roy is supposed to be yeah. in high school. Um, yeah. and it's really bad now that we talk about it. But when I was watching, I didn't think <laughs> twice. Uh, yeah, and then this dude is uh, they're drinking in this diner. They're having yeah. a few beers. So they... Basically, they're at this diner, drinking, talking, hanging out, and Gideon hops, pops in. He's doing what he does. He's selling the newspapers. Um, and prior to this, the old football team that uh, Roy and Tracy used to play on, um, they walk in to celebrate their one of their wins. And so they come in. They make a big scene. Uh, Gideon walks in, and he's trying to sell the papers, and uh, some of these guys start messing with him, with Gideon. They start teasing him a little bit about the paper, like, oh, put in your paper that we won, like we're going to to tri-state nationals or some shit. I don't know. I'm not a big sports guy. Um, <laughs> so upon seeing this, Gideon pretty much just looks over at them and he begins to walk away. And then Roy tells Sky, like, oh, I have to go see about a horse. Or something, some phrase that he uses. Yeah, and he's so he's going to take a big, big old fat shit. So he stands up <laughs> and he goes to the restroom, and he runs into Gideon in the restroom, and Gideon tells him pretty much like, "Dude, what the fuck? We had a deal like you're supposed to pick me up, 
and we had to forfeit. They had to forfeit the game because I, because of, I'm the coach and I wasn't there. And Roy just tells him, um, "Oh well, sorry, like it won't happen again." And Gideon starts getting like really in Roy's face, and he's like, "Like you, like you have to keep a promise. Like all this shit you're doing, like all this drinking, like like people succumb to drinking and like it fucks with them." And Roy's like, "Okay, all right, like." like fine like i'm sorry like it won't happen again so as roy's leaving the restroom gideon starts grabbing at roy and get, uh, roy does get a little scared because there is an unspoken thing about gideon and it's that he might be gay and a lot of the kids mainly in the town allude to it but they don't really speak on it so Roy has this preconceived notion in his head that Gideon might be gay. So when he's walking out, Gideon actually begins to like try to remove some clothing. And Roy is like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? And Gideon, trying to earn Roy's trust, basically shows him in front of the whole diner this huge scar that he has. And he tells him that when he was born, he had an enlarged heart. And that so he had to get surgery uh, because his mother would drink with uh, Gideon when she was pregnant with Gideon. And he was trying to show Roy like these are the uh, ramifications of like what happens when you drink. And he tells him that he shouldn't be drinking. And right at this moment, I'm not sure if you remember what exactly is said, but <laughs> one of the football members like says something to them. You know, I don't recall exactly. It's it's mentioned later, but like Skyla interrupts this this interaction between um, mm -hmm. uh, Gideon and Roy, and I do have to say, like, this is the first time we see that Gideon is like uh, not okay. Like, he is a person that gets fucking intense at times, and it made me think about like certain people in my life, like uh, family members that can be just fine one moment, and then uh, like something happens, just like they just decide to switch, and they are so fucking intense at the randomest moments um so i think that comes from a real like uh, a real place um the actor david morse is so good in this role he he knows how to play this character that is like so reserved at times can be likable but then at a drop of a hat he is fucking crazy um, yeah so then things calm down they all sit down skyla interjects and it's all good and then an old teammate named Bryce tells Roy, like, hey, so-and-so uh, on our team got injured. Um, we could really use you, man. How about you try out again for the high school team? And he tells him, like, you know, uh, really politely, he tells him, like, you know, I'm fine. It's all good. Like, um, I don't really want to. And so, it, like, I'm good. Thank you, though. So Bryce gets fucking pissed off. And he tells him, oh, yeah, so you'd rather go play for this asshole, pointing to Gideon. And he says, what's the name of your team anyway? The blowjobbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then a huge fucking fight breaks out. Okay, I wanted to ask you, Emilio. I think that we can come up with a better name than the blowjobbers. What would be funnier than the blowjobbers? The suck boys. <laughs> <laughs> the suck and fuck brigade. <laughs> with two C's. With two C's. <laughs> the suck so boys. <laughs> they're gonna suck. They're gonna suck a win out of you for sure. <laughs> oh man! So a fight breaks out. 
uh, Roy kind of gets his ass kicked in, in this scene. And Dude, Gideon gets, breaks it up. Roy gets his ass kicked all the time. <laughs> He's a little bitch, dude. Um, so he gets his ass kicked. And so uh, they eventually, the scuffle ends and uh, they all part ways. Oh, um, dude. Um, sorry. One thing I did want to point out is that Gideon hops in on this fight and he fucks up Bryce. Like, oh, yeah. I was genuinely surprised that nobody was um, reacting to that. Uh, but yeah, like, also because he throws in that um, that quip about the fact that Gideon might be gay. So I think that yeah. also um ties into this outburst that he has, but Gideon's like slamming this dude on the diner, like on the on the yeah. bar top. And it's like you forget that he's a full-grown adult and he's dealing with yeah. like teenagers. So yeah, of course he's going to be stronger. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking his shit up for sure. Oh, Real quick, I also want to point out that in this scene, walking in with the football players is in is a young Amy Adams. She is like an extra in the background, and it's one of her first like credits as an actor. Um, oh wow! And it's so fuck. It's incredibly brief. Like you can barely see her, but pretty cool. In the Ryan Gosling universe, she worked with. He technically worked with Amy Adams. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we cut to the next day, and uh, Gideon is picking up, or sorry, Roy is picking up Gideon for their next game. Um, right off the bat, it's just some awkward ass conversation happening here. Gideon tells Roy like, uh, Oh, you got like, you got a black guy, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, women will get all wet for a black guy. And it's just so like, Oh God, can you shut the fuck up, please? He sounds like, um, like our, like our parents, like our parents would joke around like that. <laughs> Ugh, my yeah. dad wouldn't joke around like that, but <laughs> I can't oh. imagine well, maybe it's just my dad then. <laughs> maybe my dad's Gideon. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, my dad. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is that my dad jokes around like that. And I do feel like it comes from this place of like trying to seem more masculine. Sure. Yeah. I I can't joke like that for the life of me. Someone says like broad around me. I, I mean, if in the context, if it's funny, I'll laugh. But like just casually saying like oh yeah like i picked up this broad and blah blah oh yeah like black guys get girls black guys get girls uh wet like that's fucking tough i'd be like what the fuck are you talking about dude <laughs> uh yeah i've never been one to talk like that either like i never brag about anything like that it just feels fucking foreign and strange and in mm-hmm. the context of Gideon as we'll see like he is trying to make up for something like he's trying to make mm-hmm. something pronounced that isn't actually there so we cut to uh, or it's the same scene actually and Gideon tells Roy like how about you come inside and let me wrap up your hand like you fucked up your hand fighting let me do a better job it looks like shit and Roy is sketched out as Emilio mentioned earlier, because he's not sure if Gideon is gay. So he tells him, like, you know, it's fine. Uh, we got to wait for Tracy anyway. So he's not going to know if we're out here. And mm. Gideon is persistent. Tells him, come on, come inside. Let me wrap it up real quick. Uh, do you want to walk us through the scene where they go into Gideon's apartment? Yeah. So they get in and um, Gideon, I guess, is like trying to relieve the tension a little bit. So he's like, oh, you want a cup of mud? And then Roy's like, what? Like, like, he could tell he gets so scared of like what mud could potentially be. He's like, coffee. I'm like, you want some coffee? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take some coffee. It's and- coffee with my cum in it. 
cum coffee. (laughs) 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 So, so I mean, obviously Roy is like very on edge and Gideon just keeps trying to calm him down. And Roy does bring up, um, this moment where he says, um, yeah, like Bryce mentioned something about you being gay. And he says, yeah, well, like whatever. And he goes, well, you don't care. Like, are you? He goes, what does it matter? Like those guys are just messing around. Like they don't know me. Like they don't know who I am, but he never denies it. So obviously Roy question. Yeah. Roy is very like, why are you not answering this question? And Gideon basically tells him like, ignore them. Like, don't listen to them. Um, like I know who I am, blah, blah, blah. And they begin to do, um, well, actually, so what happens is Gideon is telling Roy that he has to get like angry. Like he has to like, like something's holding him back and he has to like release this thing. So Gideon begins doing these little exercises where it's, um, God did two years of football and I don't even know what the fuck it's called, but <laughs> uh, they get down in like a ready position. Basically, That's the that person CTE in- talking <laughs> can't remember because of the CTE. <laughs> I just want to have a violent outburst right now for some reason. <laughs> I really want to kill my wife. <laughs> Jesus, I just really want to get into drugs and shit. Um, <laughs> so they get into this ready position. He tells them like, "You gotta like." He tells him, like, what's this feeling that you get when you when you uh, ready up and you play? And Roy tells him, like, it's like he's, like, alive, like he's awake. And Gideon tells him, like, yeah, like, you got to keep doing that. Like, like that's how you have to feel. And um, so they keep going back and forth. And Gideon tells him, like, go on, like, try to tackle me. And Roy's like, I'm not going to try to tackle you. He's like, come on, tackle me. And so Roy tries to tackle Gideon. And they're pretty much like in this hug, in this bear hug. And then Gideon starts to hold on to Roy and he begins to whisper in Roy's ear like um, something like that. He's a like he's a good boy. Yeah, he says uh, he says something to the he, I wrote down what he said. He, he whispers into his ear and he says, why did they kill my beautiful boy? And it's very <laughs> like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? <laughs> and you can see that Roy's like, OK, get off me. And then, like, he's still holding him. And Roy's like, okay, get off. Like, let go of me. And Gideon's still holding him. And he finally, like, slips out. He's like, get the fuck off me. And there's, like, this super tense moment between them. And Gideon says, like, what? Like, we're just roughhousing. (laughs) I I just thought, (laughs) I I just gave you, like, a little hug. To set up the scene, like, a little bit more, uh, right beforehand, Gideon is, like, incredibly manic and just ranting about the most random shit. Mm-hmm. He tells uh, Roy a number of things, one being that, oh, I've never actually like have been pursued by a mm-hmm. woman. Oh, I've yeah, never kissed right. a woman. And he says, I have had sex with prostitutes, but that doesn't count because I paid for it. He also points out that like he likes spending time with men. So what? Who cares? I love football. And he also tells uh, Roy, which is a prominent thing in the story that we didn't touch on, is that the last year... Uh, when he was doing, when he was coaching for a football team for the uh, six-man team that he that he runs, um, uh, one of the team members died under his team under his watch, and so that is something that keeps recurring 
in the story and he tells Roy, like, you're going to hear stories about me. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear stories about uh, one of my teammates, one of my players dying. Don't pay attention to that. And so it all builds to this scene where uh, Gideon is holding on to Roy and finally Roy tells him, like, fuck off. Like, get the fuck off me. I told you get off. And he was trying to be polite at first and now he's just being rude. And then fucking Tracy finally shows up to cut the tension. And Tracy, it made me laugh so hard because it's so tense between Gideon and, and Roy. It Like, you hear a pin drop and then Tracy just says out loud, what's going on? You guys playing grab ass or what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Roy, like, walks out and he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> driving <laughs> yeah that's so funny um, but yeah also like how gideon just tries to uh tries to downplay like what was happening because he's like what like like guys can't can't like embrace like that like dudes can't like hug each other we were just like he goes in between so many different reasons why he did that and the one of the main ones is that he's like hey like you know like you just seem really tense and you have a lot going on and i just thought like i don't know like i'd hug you and tell you things that i thought would make you feel better um but i'm gonna yeah, use so, it on you next time i'm gonna be like <laughs> you look like you needed a hug dude oh no fuck <laughs> joseph what is that in your pants <laughs> <laughs> i brought you a, a banana <laughs> um but yeah so in this happening roy does not trust gideon anymore he thinks gideon is a fucking weirdo also he he pretty much believes that gideon is gay and that he's just hiding it um yeah so after this they go to their game um they end up winning the game yeah and they Um, also play on a uh on a reservation oh yeah that's right uh, Tracy, we haven't said this, or I think we did, but Tracy is also Native American and he knows the people. He grew up on this reservation where they're playing, so he's actually playing against like family members. Yeah. And um, I really like the shots throughout this movie. Like we talked about, they shot in Great Falls, uh, Montana, and um, it's very snowy in the background. It's about to be like winter season or already is winter season. And um, they also have nice shots of like uh, Native Americans doing like traditional dances. Mm-hmm. They're at this reservation school and it's like their homecoming game and everyone's dressed up and like just really cool, interesting shots. Like the movie is really beautiful. I love it a lot. And yeah. so um, they end up winning this game. And as they're celebrating their win, um, I do want to point out that um, I do believe that Ryan Gosling knows how to play football. He does sell it in this movie, and he's always chanting out the name of their team, the Renegades. He says, when I say Renegade, you say Pride, and like that's oh, yeah. stuck in my head all day. But we cut to after the game. They're all excited, um, and Ryan, Tracy, and all the teammates are, are uh, showering together. And then Gideon walks in with burgers, <laughs> and he's like, I got you, boys. <laughs> Uh, dinner dinner's on me and he does talk like this i'm doing a pretty Mm. good impersonation (laughs) and he like (laughs) it's so awkward because he looks at um he looks at roy a little too fucking long and he does look at his dick and it's very strange it's so fucking awkward yeah he does like take a moment before he even announces that he's in there and he does kind of like just looks around the the room a little bit 
and he does look over at Roy. And right when he gets his fix, he's like, all right, boys, dinner's on me. And like, as soon as he does that, you can see how uncomfortable Roy is. And so right after this scene, um, because as Joseph said, uh, Tracy does know the some of the other football uh, players on the reservation team because those are his cousins. Um, they're telling him like, "Hey, man, like, hey, hang out with us, like, spend the night, like, get get back to like your your native roots." And Tracy walks over to Roy, or actually, Roy walks over to Tracy, and Tracy tells him like, "Hey, I'm, I might spend the night here." And Roy tells him like, "Please don't, like, please come back with me." Don't leave me alone with this guy. And Tracy's like kind of confused by it. And um, Roy just tells him like he's different when he's alone with me. He, yeah, but Tracy he tries says, to. Uh, Tracy oh, says like, well, are you afraid that he's going to make a move on you? And then Roy's like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like he's just so like, shut <laughs> yeah. up, dude. No, that's not what I'm worried about. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> But uh, he tells he tells him that you know like he just talks too much and he gets into like serious shit and I'd rather not hang out with him and I believe Tracy says like come on you don't want to ride with the Wiener Boy and Tracy's cousins go why do you call him Wiener Boy and Roy says oh because we caught him staring at our wieners in the showers. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a funny name. <laughs> Wiener boy ass. <laughs> so <laughs> I call you that you, all the time I, now. I Dude, if you <laughs> seriously, if you were to call me that, like that'd be so devastating. Like, what do you say back to <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Wiener Boy? I'd be like, fuck. We're gonna be me. like grabbing a beer with friends and I'd be like, shut up, Wiener Boy. <laughs> why do you call him why do you why is he calling you that? Because he looked at my wiener. <laughs> Not even like in a homophobic way, like just calling someone a wiener for being like, uh, like, like being a pussy. Like that's still yeah. like devastating. <laughs> Fucking weenie. So, uh, yeah. So Roy convinces Tracy to r- drive with him, and Gideon. I I'm pretty sure he overheard what they were saying yeah. about him. Um, he was pissed. Yeah, because he walks back and he looks pissed, and then Tracy opens the door for Gideon. And Gideon just hops in the back of the truck. And Roy's like, come on, like get inside. Like, what does he say? Like, we got miles to move or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then um Yeah, and then Gideon just hops in the bed of the truck and Roy tells him, like, dude, you're gonna freeze out here. And he's like, Come on, dude. Got some miles to get in. Or get like we gotta get moving. Um, so yeah, he's obviously very upset. And then from this we cut to Skyla and um, Roy hooking up again. I put it on my notes, damn, they be fucking. Because this is like maybe the fourth or fifth time we see them having sex. Mm -hmm. And so like Roy is like half awake. He falls asleep. Um, I did want to point out that like they finish having sex and um, Skyla takes off uh, uh, Roy's condom and she goes Mm -hmm. to like throw it away. Dude, like they filled it up with something, the condom that she's holding because he did finish. Like, dude... It's a that's a lot of a load <laughs> they have in there. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. 
that, that thought never crossed my mind. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, you God. should see. You just saw the con. You're like, what? It's like halfway full. I was like, geez, God damn, that's a load right there. Oh man. <laughs> On the oh IMDb, God. like, fun facts, it's like, fun fact, Ryan actually filled the, the condom himself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, God damn it. Oh, boy. This is when we got an Oscar nomination for the, for the visual effects. Because <laughs> that load was huge. <laughs> that shit's crazy. Um, oh man! So, yeah. So we see that. Um, <laughs> that's um, definitely that's definitely more than a court for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyways, uh, we are mature uh, men. <laughs> um, I'm sweating. Um. <laughs> So from the scene, it's just to point out that like uh, Skyla and Roy break up because Skyla is like very unhappy with her life back home. Like she wants to get out of this fucking town so badly. And uh, she finally points out that Roy is like an immature guy and what he's growing up to be. She's scared that he's going to be an asshole that she's like used to dating. So in this instance, they finally break up. And so uh, Roy uh, goes to the bar in a later scene looking for skyla and the bartender tells him like oh yeah she quit and she bought a ticket to seattle so she's like gone she's out of here and so roy is really devastated at the same time um roy encounters gideon and floyd singing at the bar and so from this scene we see that it's also christmas time because they have Mm -hmm. like a burlesque show and like a bunch of women come out and um from this scene we cut to roy uh, and Tracy stealing Christmas trees. Uh, yeah. Do you want to walk us through that scene? Yeah, they're stealing um, Christmas trees with like Roy, uh, Tracy's stepdad, which is so fucking weird. <laughs> so scummy. This, yeah, the stepdad's a real fucking asshole. But um, so they're stealing trees. Um, Tracy and Roy are kind of just like bickering here and there. Um, and the cops show up. And Roy and Tracy are pretty far from the truck. And Tracy tells him, like, dude, like, we got to get the fuck out of here. The cops are here. And Tracy is able to hop on the truck and get away. Oh, but sorry. Just to point out, um, Tracy and Roy have an argument right here because, like, Tracy points out to Roy, like, yeah, like, Gideon's fucking weird. And my stepdad told me that you were riding the trains with him. Like, what the fuck were you doing? And Roy gets really defensive and tells him, like, like, what, you're going to fucking trust your stepdad? Like, he's a fucking asshole. Like, oh, I guess you're just like him. And so fucking Tracy pushes down Roy. And in that moment, the cops show up and Tracy tells him, like, hurry up, dude, get the fuck up. Let's go. But it's too late. And fucking Roy gets arrested. Um, Yeah. And then what happens next? <laughs> <laughs> Roy gets arrested and he begins to call uh people to try to get him out he tries to call his mom and his mom is like having this weird manic episode or something because she basically tells him like that he needs to get home and that he's like a good kid and he just needs to get home and he's trying to tell 
his mom like i'm in jail like i need someone to get me out and his mom just keeps telling him like no like get home like get home like you're a good boy get home and he begins to try to call sky and sky is packing up to leave and she doesn't answer the call in fact she actually disconnects her phone so she's not want to talk to roy and right after this uh tracy has a argument with his stepdad um i can't remember exactly what was said like what the dialogue is but i know it had something to yeah. do with cuz like roy got arrested yeah, uh, Tracy tells his stepdad, like, I'm going to go help out Roy at the police department. And the dad tells him, like, don't fucking do that. Yeah. If you do that, you're going to lead the cops back to me, so don't be a fucking idiot. And then this a fight ensues, and fucking Tracy beats the shit out of his stepdad. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, and it also sucks, too, because his mom uh, stops the fight, and she's more concerned. Because in, in how the scene plays out, Tracy's stepdad gets more physical with Tracy and he initiates this fight because he doesn't want Tracy leaving. And when this, when the mom comes in and breaks up the fight, Tracy's mother is more concerned about the stepdad than Tracy. And Tracy has this moment of like, what, like what the fuck? Like, why are you like, why are you worried about him? And she just tells him to like, to leave. And so Tracy, it is presumed that Tracy runs away. He just puts on his jacket and runs away. And then right after this, we see that Gideon found out that Roy was in jail. So Gideon goes and bails out Roy. And like, uh, really quick in this scene, like he's walking to the jail cell, like a, a cop is like leading him. But right before he gets to Roy, Gideon like knows an inmate oh, yeah. in the jail. He's like, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> and he talks to Roy. <laughs> Say, oh, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> Oh, they finally got you? Damn, that sucks. <laughs> so uh, there is also like a funny small scene too where um, right before they open the cell, uh, she asks Roy, is this your guardian or your parent? And he goes, no, that's my coach. <laughs> He's like, yeah, open up yeah. cell too. And then like they just let Roy out. And there is actually, okay, so I guess we should just walk through this scene. So in picking up Roy, uh, Roy begins to tell Gideon, like, oh, like, I'll make it up to you. I'll pay you back. And Gideon tells Roy, like, you don't have to pay us back or pay me back. I'm going to do a, a fishing trip with Floyd. So if you can just give us a ride up to this fishing spot and give us a ride back, like, that's all the payback that we need. Um, but prior to this scene, Floyd, as was mentioned earlier, lives out of his car. And one thing that uh, people do when they sleep in their cars is they leave their car running um, to create like heat so that it doesn't get too cold. Because in this area, it snows heavily. I'm sure temperatures get like below zero. And um, there's a snowplow that is uh, cleaning the streets for the next day. And some snow gets packed onto uh, Floyd's car. But Floyd is like, oh, fucking snowplow turns up his music, tries to go back to sleep. And when Gideon and Roy show up to Floyd's car, you can see that the back is snowed in a little bit and there's some smoke coming out from Floyd's car and Roy, Roy opens the door and Floyd is dead. 
Yeah, so the snowplow like uh, plugged up his exhaust, and I guess the fumes like got into the car, and Floyd died, and it's so fucking sad. Um, yeah, so Roy tells uh, uh, Gideon like, oh, like, like something's happened to Floyd, and he grabs Floyd. Immediately, it's understood he's dead, and he says something to the effect of like, oh no, Floyd, don't go. It's like it's so fucking sad. Um, and then we cut from this, um, damn, this is going to be a long ass episode. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, a couple things that happen is that, um, Floyd or Roy meets up with Skyla at the bus stop. Um, Skyla tells him like, I'm going to Seattle. Uh, Roy tells her like, I wish that you could stay like, you're like the best thing that that's come about in this town. And, uh, Skyla is like about to kiss Roy and Roy like, steps out of the way and he's like no it's fine just go it's like you're gonna leave it's okay so skyla leaves um back at home roy hears his mom like moaning in agony and yeah his mom is like depressed in this like weird state she's like naked in bed and she's like just like moaning as if she's hurt we never go back to her to his mom that was the last I think- the last scene of his mom I think she was like drinking because there's like a wine glass oh. at her bedside or by uh, at her nightstand. But uh, yeah, she's definitely like having some type of depressive episode because even he like says loudly, like, mom, are you OK? And she's just like laying there naked crying. Yeah. And then he just closes the door and just like, well, going to go on with my day. <laughs> so, and then um, another crucial scene to point out is that Gideon and Roy go ice fishing. So when they go ice fishing, um, Gideon pours out uh, Floyd's ashes into the hole that they made for ice fishing. And um, it's really like, in a, a really like sad, sincere moment. Gideon is just reminiscing about Floyd. And then uh, Gideon starts to shiver and Roy puts on a blanket onto Gideon and Gideon tries to share the blanket with Roy like come here why don't you get close to me so we can have some warmth and immediately Roy's like dude get the fuck away from me and he says you still don't trust me do you son after everything we've been through and then Roy looks up at Gideon and tells him I think it's time you tell me what happened to Hashim I think the guy's name was which is the football player that died under uh, Gideon do you want to walk us through this scene yeah so Gideon explains to him like, oh, like he just like it was like an accident. Like he just he uh, died and it wasn't my fault. And Roy tells him like, you're lying. Like you're not telling me the truth. Like tell me the truth. And so Roy, I mean, not Roy, Gideon um, basically starts to reminisce about this boy. Tells him how great he was. Um, he mentions something that like, he was like a really good athlete, um, mentioned something about him having like soft hands or some shit. Um, yeah. And, but he begins to tell him what happened. So their team did very well and they were having a team picnic, uh, out in some lake and Gideon and this kid were on a boat together and he literally says, like, we were just on a boat, like, just hanging out. And the boat began to sink. And this kid was trying to save the boat. And in trying to do so, he held on to the boat and he ended up drowning. 
and Gideon tried to swim into the lake and try to save him, but he couldn't. And then Gideon brings up this um, thought that he had where he says, I wish that I would have tried to like go deeper and get him. And Roy tells him, but you would have died. Like you both would have died. And he said like, well, that would have been better. And Roy tells him what, how does that make sense? Like if both of you are dead and Gideon tells him that he would have liked to have died with him. And Roy kind of begins to say like you, what did you guys do on that boat? Like something had to have happened on that boat. He's, he kept, keeps saying like nothing, nothing happened on the boat. And Roy kind of at this point tries to like um, hurt Gideon. So he tells him like maybe he wanted to die because of whatever it was you were doing on that boat. Like he didn't want to come back to whatever you guys were doing. And maybe he was like scared that it would continue to happen. So he killed himself like trying to save that boat. And Gideon just like still just tries to play it off like nothing happened. And yeah, Roy pretty much still doesn't trust Gideon. (laughs) Yeah, it is very like that reveal to you is very crazy because the whole time you think this guy must have died from playing the game, from playing Mm -hmm. six man football. But no, they were like on a date and like it's a fucking kid still like. Man, Gideon is such a fucking weirdo. Like he has a, at the very least, he has a fascination with like young football players, and it's still very strange. Um, and nothing gets answered. We're left as the viewer, like not knowing for sure what the fuck Gideon was doing. But regardless, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Gideon also tells Roy, like, "You remind me of him. You look just like him." And Roy yeah. snaps, and he tells him, like, "Well, I'm not him." And you should really like cut this out. Like he and he also says something to the effect of like he should have learned how to swim, and he oh, should, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and he should have learned as much, and you should have learned as much too. Like you need to like cut this shit out. And then Roy leaves, and then we're uh, uh, we cut to the next game, the last game, and Roy is doing very shitty. Like Roy and Gideon, their relationship is completely like deconstructed, and it's gone. They are not like friends anymore he's his coach but roy doesn't listen it's just going really bad and also tracy's not playing so then we cut mm-hmm. to halftime um things are going really bad and suddenly tracy shows up he shows up on a motorcycle he's wearing like war paint traditional like native american war paint and he joins the game we see that things are like contentious still between tracy and roy but then roy like lets up and they start to play and they start to kick ass but unfortunately um on a on a bad play uh, Tracy gets injured and the first thing he says out of his mouth is like, it's my neck. Something's wrong with my neck and he can't move. Roy calls over the paramedics and um, Tracy is taken away to the hospital. And um, then we have this one-on-one with the team and Gideon and Gideon says something to the effect of like, look, the slaughter rule is almost going to take into effect. They're up by a lot of points and we just had one of our teammates get injured. How about we just call it a game? We'll just lose this one. It happens. No big deal. To which Troy gets fucking pissed off. Uh, do you want to walk us through this final confrontation between Troy and uh, Gideon? Yeah. So Roy I said, begins. I said to- Troy. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I got Zach, Zach Efron on the brain, dude. Sorry. <laughs> um, so Roy begins to 
tell Gideon like, oh, like you're a coward. Like, come on, like, let's let's finish this game. Let's finish this game for Tracy. And he starts to try to hype up the team by saying the renegade pride chant. And then he starts getting in the other team's face and even in the coach's face and tells him like renegade pride, renegade pride. And Gideon tells him like to stop that. He's not acting like a man. He's acting like a punk and like a man, real man knows when to stop and take things in. And Roy basically tells him like that. He's not a man that he's a coward. And for some reason, like this snaps with Gideon and can I, uh, I wrote down the, the lines. Oh um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Gideon says, uh, men know when to walk away. Just stop acting like a punk. And Roy says, you're the punk Gid. I've seen you cry. Know what you are. And I love Gideon's <laughs> yeah. line right here. He says, Oh, Oh, what'd you say to Gid? He, he talks to him <laughs> about himself in third person. And then Roy says, you're a, <laughs> he says, you're a coward. I said, you're a crying little pussy. And then Gid said, I thought, I, I thought you knew, uh, what did he say? He said, um, I thought you were better than that, Roy. I've seen right through you, Roy. I know that you're scared and I'm going to show everyone that you're scared. Dude, that scene was so intense when he says that. Like when he's telling him, like I could see right through you. I was like, oh fuck, because he gonna do. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so to prove that, <laughs> to prove that uh, Gideon's more of a man than Roy, uh, Gideon grabs Roy by the crotch. He grabs his dick and balls in his hand and he's pretty much like squeezing it and he starts telling him like basically that he's not a man and that like men real men like don't like that um a real man would know what to do in this situation that he's exposing him to everybody uh showing everybody that um roy's nothing like he's just a scared um little kid uh he also says something to the effect of uh that he puts on this facade, like this macho facade, but that's not him. And uh, you can genuinely see that Roy is like scared. Yeah. Genuinely scared. And Roy, he keeps telling, uh, Gideon keeps telling Roy, like, what are you going to do about this? Like, what are you going to do? And Roy grabs his helmet and hits Gideon across the head with it. And Roy basically tells him that he's a fucking weirdo. And he walks away and Gideon starts to get up and he starts to tell him like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, like I'm really sorry. Come back. Like, don't leave me here. Don't leave me here alone. And Roy gets in his truck and he drives off. And Gideon is obviously distraught after what happened. So he just begins to like walk alone into like this snowy abyss. And I mean, I will say this. If a man grabs me by the crotch like that, I genuinely would feel demasculated for sure. Hey, dude, you won. <laughs> you win. Hey, whoa, whoa, you won, you won, you won. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that scene like had me, had my jaw on the floor i was like what the fuck like yeah it is it is a very like crazy culmination but at the same time it feels like not 
unwarranted if that makes sense like oh yeah progressed in a way that was like oh shit like this is fucking crazy but just the right level of crazy i feel like for me like what this encapsulated is how masculinity is taken in this film because even um when skyla breaks up with roy she she tells him that she doesn't like this man that he's becoming that it's someone that she hates. It's someone that she thinks would be an asshole. Um, and it's very much like in that macho bravado. Cause you know, like Tracy and Roy, like, uh, mess around with each other. Um, like they're very like physically taunting with each other. And they talk down to people that are, um gay and they make fun of they begin to make fun of Gideon at some point because they think he's gay and um they are afraid to be a little more um unmasculine with each other and in this point where Gideon grabs Roy like you really do see that Roy is not like this big like machismo dude like he's just like this scared kid. I think that proves to like a big point of where like Gideon kind of is like trying to, I mean, Gideon is a weirdo definitely. And he's definitely like predatory, but he's trying to show this lesson to Roy that like this image of what a man is, isn't what he thinks it is. And I feel like that's why that scene particularly is so kind of like jaw dropping and so powerful because he is pretty much like exposing um, Roy for who he really is just like this angry little punk kid that is not a man at all like he's just a scared little kid yeah yeah that's very true um, so from the scene uh, Roy leaves and he gets stopped by a passing train so he gets out of his car in frustration and he throws his helmet at the train and he starts to have a flashback to the beginning of the movie where he encounters this dying deer on the fence. And it's revealed that in this moment, he was go- he lifted up a rock to, um, to end this deer's suffering. But ultimately, he can't do it because it's not in his nature to be mean, to be tough like that. So he puts down the rock and he says, I'm sorry. Roy starts his narration. He says, my dad used to call me king. My dad wasn't trying to leave, was he? He was trying to hop. He wasn't trying to hop on that freight. He was just trying to end everything. Uh, And then he says, but a king wouldn't leave, would he? So he reveals that he actually goes back to Gideon. His like um, soft nature, his like um, trusting nature kicks back in. And he has like this acceptance of himself of like, yeah, I'm not a tough person, but that's not a bad thing. Like I should use my strength of being a little bit softer and a little bit more kind to help others. So he goes back to find Gideon. Mm Mm-hmm. It looks like Gideon is dead in the snow, but luckily he's not. <laughs> and Roy takes him to the hospital. And in the hospital the next day, uh, Gideon is recovering. So is um, Tracy, who's recovering from his neck injury. He has a huge fucking brace on his head, but he's doing okay. And Gideon uh, like embraces Roy and tells Roy, like, you're my friend. You're my boy, Roy, which was a nice little rhyme. And then um, the movie ends with Roy walking out the hospital and shots of all the football players that he's played with. 
Um, and that was it. And that was the end. I thought it was a pretty sweet ending. What'd you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. I did, um, like that ending. I, I did like how they show, cause obviously they had to go through that, um, that scene where Roy pretty much is like shown to be like, not as tough as like he tries to set out to be. And where like that moment where he, we realized that he couldn't save that deer, but he like stays with that deer and he lays next to the deer and he stays with the deer for um, a while, I think to like the deer passes. So it does show like this lesson of like this, uh, what people perceive to be like a man or what's like masculine is not what that is. And I think I think it's very touching that he goes to save Gideon because it shows like maturity and it shows like this is like the person that he's supposed to be not like whatever he was trying to create himself as but yeah it was a nice little yeah ending. yeah I do want to say that Gideon is a creep and it does suck that's the only fault in the movie and Skylar too is kind of a creep but um yeah hey otherwise pretty sweet movie <laughs> Um, so yeah, that brings us to the end. Um, Emilio, give me a, uh, final summary of your feelings about the movie, the slaughter rule and a rating from one to five. I, I honestly really, uh, liked this movie. I was genuinely surprised at how, uh, the story played out. I thought everybody was great. The performances were great, especially, um, David and, and Ryan in this movie. Um, yeah, I would give it a five out of five, especially coming back from song to song in the United <laughs> States of Leland. This is a far and above better movie than those two. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Respectable score. Um, yeah. I was also thinking like, are we having maybe hard eyes for this movie because we just saw two shitty ones that maybe we're thinking like, Oh, Hey, this was not too bad. So it's pretty good. But, um, I do like it and I would mm. watch this one again. I do like how they flip, um, this whole, how they point out like in sports, it's very like homoerotic. Um, mm. as men, you like grab each other's asses. You like, shower together naked you do all these things that are just acceptable but then you throw in the fact that maybe one person might be gay and suddenly it's like wait 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 wait, we can't do this anymore like it's very stupid so i like that mm -hmm. in the movie they tackle that that double entendre in sports um it is unfortunate that gideon is a older man who is predatory and weird and likes young boys that sucks i wish that was different but you know the story is it's pretty original. It's pretty endearing. The, the movie is very beautiful and stunning, the location that mm. they're shooting in. And um, yeah, I liked it a lot. So I'm going to also give it a five out of five. Um, in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling movies, all the way up to an S, all the way down to an F ranking, where are you going to place this one? I'd give it a, an A. Um, it's definitely a good performance from Ryan. It's not the best I've seen. And I also, again, don't want to give it too much credit coming from those two awful movies we watched. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a nice, safe little A. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's like uh, the best thing he's ever done, but it's something that I liked a lot. It's very interesting. It's early in his career, and it shows a lot of like depth that he had as an actor already. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's a good story and it's very watchable. Like um, I have in my notes multiple times where I checked the time and I was like, oh shit, this movie's flying by. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it an A as well. Um, okay, last question. Are we literally him? Are we literally Roy? Oh, fuck, what's his last name? Chutney. Chutney. Are you literally Roy Chutney? Um, I mean, I guess like when I was younger, I did try to like put on this macho facade. Um, as I get older now, I kind of realize like that's stupid and there's kind of like no point in doing that. Like just being my, just trying to be like myself. Um, I'm definitely not homophobic. (laughs) Definitely don't make jokes about it. Um, I wouldn't join a random dude's football team. Yeah, so I I would say maybe like 40% him, 30 at the most. That's uh yeah, that's a good that's a good chunk. Um yeah, I really resonated with Roy because I think growing up, especially as a young boy, you think that you have to be like an asshole or like hard-headed to get by in life. And you might the the ideas you have as a as um, of what a man is might be skewed from others, or mm-hmm. it might be the same. You might all think that like you have to be tough and you can't cry and you have to do this or that. Um, I really resonate with that. Like I've been one to cry a lot. Um, I'm not the toughest person ever. I, I'm not. I don't want to get into confrontation. I don't like fighting or anything like that. And I've always like thought. When I was younger, I thought that that made me weak. And I thought that made me like a a lame person. But now as I've gotten older and more comfortable with myself, like I embrace all that. Like I don't want to be that way. I'm comfortable with who I am. So yeah, I think uh, Roy is an average teenage boy. So um, I really resonate with him. So I'm going to say like I'm a good 30 to 40% literally him. How would you react if I grabbed you by the balls like Gideon did? Uh, I think I would, I'd be shocked (laughs) and I think I would like let out a huge, like high pitched noise and be like, wee or something. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Definitely like end up, I would definitely end up filling up a condom like in that one scene. (laughs) (laughs) Little boy. On that note. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you, um do you want to watch uh remember the titans next yeah sure i actually haven't seen that movie in a while okay well uh yeah on that note <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> uh next week we're gonna watch remember the titans to keep this uh football train chugging uh so yeah you guys should watch that movie and check out our episode next week all right y'all we'll see you next time bye bye